0: Welcome to the second episode of our conversation on Giants in Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. I'm Megan, and joining me for this series is the ever ethereal Casey. And this episode is going to look at a few interesting details about the giant life as a whole, and also break down one of the most popular kinds of giants, cloud giants. But before we get started, Casey, now that we've been talking about giants for a little while, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do you feel more inclined to use them within your campaigns?
1: Uh Absolutely. They are way more interesting than I thought when I first was just fighting them as a player. Yeah. But now that you know you dive into the back background, see all of the history, and see all of the cool stats that DMs get to work with, so cool.
0: <laughs> it is quite neat, especially like again to your point, like for what was supposed to be a non-history rich, like it's supposed to, their history supposed to be long gone and lost, but it leaves so much breathing room for us to be able to use them wherever we want, however we want, and I think that's just. Great customization. Mm-hmm, definitely. I love it. All right, so let's talk about the life expectancy of a giant. Wonderful. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and just a little bit of how they exist as a whole. So, they do tend to live very long lives, very vastly beyond that of a human being or a regular humanoid character, but are not considered to be immortal in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and that life expectancy is actually dependent on the style or type of giant that we're working with. So, for instance, the storm and the cloud giants tend to live a lot longer lives just due to the fact that they're more crafters or they live in solitude or they're not really war-driven, like, fighters or what have you. So they do tend to live quite long lives. Whereas fire giants or frost giants, they're a little bit more primitive and aggressive and they believe in battle and they hunt and they do all these things. So they're more likely to die of a young age fighting a dragon, you know? Fair enough. Absolutely. So giants also age much slower than a regular human or a regular humanoid as well. In fact, they aren't teenagers until they're about 40. Ooh, nice. Right? So they're they're staying with mom well into their 50s, 60s to 100. Oh, dear Lord, poor parents. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Having I mean, like five or six giant children and for 40 you have, to for 40, 50 40 to 50 years. Each. Oh, Ooh. my God. And that's just entering the teenage stage. So they're going through their teens when they're 40 years old. I mean, that's not different from much men that we know in our lives, but... To be fair, that's a long time. That's a long time. Yep. And to add to that, like their heartbeats are actually a lot slower than like ours would be. So for every four heartbeats of a human, that's one heartbeat for a giant.
1: Okay. Interesting.
0: So in my mind, I'm like thinking that if you're thinking that you're going to kill a giant and you're like listening to its heartbeat and it's going super slow and you're like, oh yeah, it's dying. Now my guy, it's just thriving. It's living. It's living its best life. But looking at numbers, so for instance, a hill giant lives to be about 200 years old, and then it kind of creeps up into about the 600 years old once you get up to storm giants. It could also kind of be said that the lifespan of a giant is actually depicted by the order of the ordining. So, like, so for instance, the storm giant is top of the ordining, which means they live the longest. Hill giants are lower of the ordining, so they they live the shortest. Um, which, again, the ordering is something we did talk about a little bit in the last episode. But just as a quick refresher, this is the actual hierarchy of giants based on their skills and or their size. Right. And that's just who is in charge of whom. And the only life expectancy that doesn't quite fit into the ordering is the stone giant, which we're not getting into too much detail today, but I thought it was a neat anecdote to add here. They can actually live up to 800 years. Um, and that's thought to be because they're actually the wisest of the giant folk. So they tend to live longer because they're inherently more wise to the wills of the world, etc. So I thought that was just an interesting thing that I think they're in the near the bottom of the Ordning, but they will live the longest. Nice. Yeah. And as I mentioned, um, a lot of the giants will tend to die in battle. They'll die fighting a dragon. So, and we've talked a little bit in the last episode about how dragons and giants do not get along. There is a very long rich history of the thousand year war between dragons and giants, and the giants actually lost. That war, which did lead to the fall of Astaria, which is their, their home world, which is something that they're all trying to get back, right? So um, giants are also do and inherently do have magic a little bit, which is really cool. So let's talk about giants and magic. So you would think that because giants are technically elementally based creatures that all of them would have access to magic and they're just naturally magical. Not all of them are. So if you think about it, magic requires study and study requires time. And that takes away from living a giant's life and its endeavors. So if you think about the different types and styles of giants that there are, not all of them are going to take the time to research and study magic. They're basically just going to use what might be inherently theirs. So like some of them do have magical capabilities, but they're not going to go running around finding a wizard's book, studying it and learning spells.
1: Right. And they're gonna go off just a natural instinct and in what has been told that they are for the longest time. So yeah. if it's like you are not smart, you are strong That is okay. Yeah. That's fine. I'm fine with being I strong. Can smash, it's fine. I can just be a smashy, smashy
0: <laughs> person. That works for me.
1: Don't think out of outside of the box typically. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. So in fact, only two, uh, two technically two of the giant styles do dive more into the arcane magic study, uh, which would be Storm and Cloud Giants. And we did talk about Storm Giants in our last episode. Uh, we're going to be talking more about Cloud Giants today and their study of magic and how they're kind of connected to it. However, there is one style of magic that all giants believe in, and that is runes. So as a reminder, there are giants that do rune carving. It is a study, but all of them believe that runes are, have magical capabilities and they do take the time to imbue their weapons with runes to make them stronger, so on and so forth. So rune magic is something that will always be sought out by pretty much no matter what giant you are. Runes are your magic. But yeah, with that being said, is there anything out there that stands out for you, Casey? Like, What's your favorite part of that little that
1: little snippet there? Um. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense once you understand the um, ordaining and the hierarchy, and how you know the the highest stone giant or fire giant will never like outbeat a uh, cloud giant or storm giant. Yeah. So it also makes sense with intelligence as well. Um, and as a player. I think that's what is maybe less informed, especially if you're a new player, is you don't really know that and you kind of might encounter as a low, lower level a hill giant or something like that and just think, oh, giants are dumb. Um, <laughs> 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 like, this is easy as long as we have enough, like, might power to beat it or potentially just, like throw everything we have at it and hope for the best. Um, there's this whole other angle of intelligence that's in the upper levels, which I think will maybe shock some of some players who don't know and then they'll have to like freak out and find out figure out how to, a way to beat them other than just brute strength, probably run away.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They'll be like, Oh my god, a giant, I'm running away from this it. so it's gonna smashy smash, but really it's just a cloud giant here to tell you a story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's yeah, the intelligence piece definitely plays into a fact in a factor in like the ordining within their use of their language and all that kind of stuff too, right? Yeah. And the fact that not all of them use magic. The only ones that use magic tend to be the top of the ordining.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that might be like a A big shock to uh, adventurers as well is if they just think it's Hulk smashing all the time when they're going up against giants and then suddenly there's magic involved, that would be a cool twist, especially with a brand new um, group with no, like, veterans like Dan or Adam or you or I.
0: (laughs) Or, oh, did you just include us in veterans? Yes. Oh, my (laughs) Atlanta. I like to think that I'm not a veteran, but at the same time, I think about how long I've been playing D&D, and it's a little bit ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You absolutely are. Don't even. Oh, and I'll mention Dave, too. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Dave? (laughs) Uh, I love that. Yeah, no, a piece that really kind of stuck out to me was um, the fact that they have, um, again, this thing with dragons, and the fact that they're constantly fighting and don't like dragons. And yet one of the biggest defense against dragons can sometimes just be magical use and magical items and magic this and magic that. Right. So you would almost think that they would be more inclined to find more arcane magics or X, Y, Z, right? Mm-hmm. So I almost feel like that would be a really cool set piece if you had one of the um, the lower giants that don't necessarily use magic, but then you are now a magic user or trying to learn magic because you have this one dragon that you're going after and you know that you can only fight it with what it's weak against or what have you, right? Yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. And that aspect keeps cropping up and probably will continue to do so all along this series is all about how much they absolutely hate dragons. They
0: fucking hate dragons. (laughs) There is nothing more (laughs) clear. (laughs) I thought the dwarfs versus elf battle was like the ultimate like, oh yeah, (laughs) but no, 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 no. it's giants and it's it's dragons. Yeah, it's they really fucking hate each other. But -hmm. so we're gonna dig into the cloud giant. Uh, get into a little bit more detail about um, them as they play out in the game, a little bit of their cool quirks and tricks. But before that, Casey, what kind of wine are we pairing with the Cloud Giant? Of course, like arguably one of the most important parts of this series.
1: Um, <laughs> today we are drinking a Sauvignon Blanc from Cloudy Bay, New Zealand. Mm. See what I did there? Cloudy
0: Bay. Mm. I love it.
1: <laughs> Works. Yep, and it is actually really delightful. I am enjoying it,
0: and uh, cheers, cheers. Yeah, it's uh, it's not too sweet. It's not too. It's a little bit more dry than I thought it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. That might just be because I just ate a bunch of toast, but <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, like more. Uh, we'll say wispy grass. Mm. Lots of grass
0: notes. Lots of grass. <laughs> lots of grassy notes. That's well, really good. Yeah, highly recommend. So as we sip on our cloudy bay let's talk about cloud giants. Let's get to business. So they live high up in the clouds. Weird, right? Uh, so they basically are, tend to live within the gorgeous castles that are overlooking the world itself. Um, however, the art of building these castles uh, no longer exists. It fell and that knowledge fell with the falling of Astaria, which is of course their homeworlds uh, that got destroyed by the dragons. So most cloud giants actually will live... The, um, in small cloud colonies, so they float within the clouds, They're, they, be, they have the ability to become mist themselves, all that really cool stuff, so they mm-hmm. actually just live within the skies, or in small colonies, um, just floating around. Um, physically, they are the second tallest giant with white milky skin and have hair that shines like silver and blues. So if you think like misty storm rain cloud, that's kind of the feel I get, very wispy, very light, very airy. And they also love the finer things. So in fact, they believe the more gems and gold and beautiful things that they own, the more wealth they have, the more power they have. So this is a very human-esque trait to me. Yeah. Is that their wealth and power is represented by how many gemstones they have, the finest silks that they're wearing. Like, I almost look at these as like, these are the Greek gods that, that are like on Mount Olympus. That's how I picture them in my head. Yeah. Just constantly surrounded by clouds, wearing beautiful silks eating giant grapes. Like, that's just... <laughs> yeah. That's what I see, right? Yeah, totally. Cloud giants sit second in the ordning, so just behind storm giants. However, due to the recluse nature of the storm giant, which we did touch on, cloud giants tend to see themselves at the top of the ordning mentally or in charge of most things because mm-hmm. they're the ones that kind of do most of the work as the leaders because the storm giants are off hiding in their their castles and their caves, right? Interesting. So, in fact, they will actually order around the lower giant factions. So, for example, the fire giants will forge items for them, or hill giants will just do their day-to-day tasks for them, or do, like, their biddings, or what have you. Frost giants will be their armies. Like, they are the ones that give the orders, basically. They also um, have a green thumb. They like to garden. (laughs) Isn't that weird? Yeah. So, they enjoy keeping and tending to, like, beautiful gardens. So, like, um, with basically grapes the size of boulders love it and then they grow magical beans <laughs> <laughs> of course they do of course do. they do all i can think of is jack and the beanstalk <laughs> and the fact yeah. that they live in the clouds they grow magic beans someone grows magic beans climbs the beanstalk whole nine yards yeah right like that's 100 of this it's no longer just like jack what is it what is the name of that fucking fairy tale anyways jack and the Beanstalk. jack and the beanstalk yeah okay i think that's just what it is because it's just a cloud giant guys so you could just put that story into a D&D campaign because you can just use a cloud giant for that. Love it. Yeah. Um, they worship the uh, Memnon the, tri- the Trickster. He's basically the slyest, trickiest of the god giant siblings, but we'll get to him a little bit later. A little bit of fun history and thoughts around cloud giants as well is I kind of mentioned that the art of building their cloud castles was lost with the fall of Astoria. However, it is believed that the instruction and art of building them and rebuilding them... Um, is actually lost in the great library of the ruins of said castle. So some cloud giants have made it their life's goal to try and find that, that archive, to be mm-hmm. able to start building up these cloud castles once again, basically. Oh, I see. So remember how we talked about giants have this weird thing where they just want to really bring back the beauty that was of their old world and that the only way to bring a nom back is to bring back the greatness that giants went for before the dragon clan came. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, this is their part cloud giants is what they, they want their, their returning to greatness is finding out how, how to make these castles and get back to the clouds and make these castles again basically that's their cute goal
1: nice mm. and a long-term one hence why they need to live a really long time too. yeah exactly
0: right like <laughs> oh man <laughs> Speaking of living long, when it comes to their families, they tend to stay in large communes or communities, so they do stick with mom and dad for an extended period of time. We talked about this with giants in general. Um, they stay with mom until their adulthood, which is probably going to be like a hundred fucking years old. Um, <laughs> but they also don't do it in too large, though. So, and that's not not, not because they think that they're going to be a target or that they think that like gathering too much is terrible. It's mostly because when they have so many cloud giants in one place, there are so many riches, treasures gems silks golds all these things in one place Mm. that is going to draw the wrong folk yeah not only that but they also keep pets so they keep wyverns eagles owls anything that flies they keep pets within their homes it's like again i imagine like this beautiful like community of these beautiful like giant like greek gods and goddesses and that just grow grapes yeah and live the best life that they want to live
1: and walk in slow motion all the time all the
0: time yeah (laughs) yeah With the wind billowing in their outfits and stuff. Yeah, there's always wind in their hair. Oh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) But that being said, Casey, what's something that stands out to you that you might want to use in one of your campaigns at one point? Uh, I love just the
1: complete parallel with mount olympus and that whole style because even if somebody knows nothing about cloud giants you can pull in somebody's like interest while Mm -hmm. dming and setting this up for them to do a great climb maybe they come across a bean and then that's exactly what will happen is people will then think of jack and the beanstalk because they know that background um and then little do they know the terror that they might find (laughs) <laughs> when they go up, and it's not just a big, hulking, stupid giant, it's actually cloud giants. I think that's a cool twist. Yeah. Um, when you know more about um, the cloud giants and their way of like community and where they live.
0: Yeah, I feel like you can definitely theme cloud giants quite nicely because they're very, very structured, they're very organized, they have very much. Like, I feel like they have a personality type, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they're just very, very structured. Um, something that I would love to play in and use is the fact that they do gather and they do live as families, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they have kids, they have they have a life partner, whole nine yards, right? So, you can just imagine you running into a young cloud giant, a young age of 40, <laughs> yeah, and you accidentally murder them and you have now killed this child. Yeah. You, you've not killed an adult, you've killed a child. And then learning that, like, the hard way. Like, you run into the family and X, Y, Z, and you're carrying the great axe of this cloud giant. Or, like, yeah. you are now wearing his silken robes or something like that. Yeah. And then the mom is like, jolly! <laughs> <You know, like, laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> yeah. Because it seems like, too, every... Like, well, if there's a duke or duchess or somebody like with a noble or a giant with a noble background and their children, there's always a notable object on all of them. Like uh, a child might have a bracelet or like a necklace and it's all about that like beauty and glamour and or uh, a, an amazing weapon and stuff like that. So, like, looting bodies, absolutely. If you manage to kill, like, a teenager or a little kid cloud giant, you will take those things because they're worth so much. Yeah. So it would absolutely be crossing <laughs> paths later, and it's like, <gasps> where did you get that?
0: You're wearing, like, the family crest of, like, this one, like, cloud giant family. Yeah. And they're just like, Joseph's been away for a long time. Yes. How very fucking dare. And then you'll never be in their good books because you murdered their child.
1: Nope. And just another awesome way for uh, DMs to throw in that massive guilt and dark angle. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Right. Fuck up families. (sighs) (sighs) Fuck (laughs) your family. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. We did talk a little bit about uh, Memnor uh, and the the giant that they worship. But I know, Casey, did a little bit more reading on that. What do you got? What do I got? (sighs) Memnor. Um... Chief deity of the Cloud Giants. A chief
1: one. Um Basically, he is one of Anam's offspring, and he uses and abuses this guy. He's char- charismatic, smooth-talking. He does... Any type of manipulation you can possibly think of um, to fuck over his siblings or anyone else that he wants to gain advantage of.
0: I feel like this is the Loki of the family.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 And yeah. And so that's hence why it's known two faces of of Memnor is Mm -hmm. because some cloud giants see him as this like charmer and the more style of super charismatic and just more like a leader, not really going to screw them over, admire him. But he's actually like a super bad, sly and like tricksy person, and will totally fuck over anybody. Yeah. So he's certainly two-faced. Lots of other cloud giants will try to like imitate him or do the same mannerisms as him has him and take on even more trickery style behaviors. Yeah. So much so that that even evolved into uh, Cloud Giants having a unique stat block, which is the Smiling Ones, which we'll get into a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And he is chaotic neutral as well and super fucking creepy. So
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I think I read somewhere that they, the Nobles and some of the other Cloud Giants will actually wear the two-faced mask. Uh, because they don't want to have their own face seen. Yeah. So they wear the two faced masks when they're doing their trickery and their nonsense. Um, yeah. Which, again, this is such a weird anecdote. Thinking that, again, we're now, we've now painted this image that these cloud giants are these gorgeous Greek gods and goddesses that are living their best life, living peacefully, eating grapes, and all of a sudden they're like, okay, but I'm going to, like, put a tripwire out and watch you fall on your face. And, yeah. like, I'm going to put saran wrap over the toilet and have a good laugh about it. You know what I mean? Like, there's this weird side to it, right? Absolutely.
1: And, like unbeknownst to people visiting them if they don't know anything about them like you may not leave because they are just wild and crazy yeah
0: absolutely like they'll just keep you there to torture the shit out of you because they'll find it funny yeah like oh so hilarious Is <laughs> is there any fun ways you might use them in a set piece somehow like would you use the actual god or would you use them just trying to imitate it what direction do you think you would go I
1: think it would depend on the level that the like a group is at. I yeah. think if you, I think you gotta be at some higher level in your campaign in order to go right up
0: against like a god. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And so if you were super, super excited about cloud giants and what they do and all of this trickery stuff, I, I totally think you could just build, yeah, like a less god-like cloud giant and tease that out and kind of maybe even foreshadow that and throw that at your group and as kind of a like what the fuck is this and so you could simplify it down because cloud giants are really complex in in terms of even trying to play them. Yeah. So I think it could be a bit overwhelming that way.
0: Absolutely. I do like the idea where you said, like, drop a little, like, egg nugget of, like, you're walking around town, and all of a sudden you see, like, an apostle of a church of this trickery god, and they're wearing the Two-Face mask. Mm-hmm. And if you, as players, don't necessarily know what a Two-Face mask represents or what it does unless you make a roll and X, Y, Z, figure it out from your DM. But I feel like, again, like, dropping those weird little cult. I love cults. We've learned this about me. I love a good cult. So uh, dropping like the, just wearing the mask, walking around town, just being, doing all kerfuckery. I think that'd be a lot of fun. And then randomly a rogue is like, oh man, I love these folks. (laughs)
1: Right? Totally. I think it'd be fucking Mm -hmm. hilarious.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. With that being said, let's jump into cloud giants and their stats. You talked a little bit how we're going to do the stats for the um, smiling one, but let's do just the regular giant first. Uh, so for cloud giants, of course, they are huge creatures. As I mentioned, they stand just under the. <laughs> You're boring. <laughs> Thanks for the wine pour, Casey. <laughs> just a background line top up. Yep, absolutely. Um, as I mentioned, they do stand under the size of a storm giant, so they are just at around 24 feet tall. Uh, storm giants were about 26, uh, so we're looking at pretty much around the same size. Uh, they do skirt the alignment, either they are neutral good or they are neutral evil. And I think that that really ties into the double mask thing where yep. like, and I almost feel like your character, if you were to DM a storm giant for your team, for your group as like a, a gift giver or what have you, it would be really fun to play into the evil and the good within one character. Like, yep. like that would be a lot of fun. They have a natural armor class of 14 because, as I mentioned, they tend to wear fancy clothing. They don't tend to wear armor. So they're in their fine silks and that kind of thing. So they do rely on the toughness of their skin um, as any kind of armor that they would have. I feel like they don't think that they're ever going to be in a fight. I think that they believe that they're above God and that they deserve the world, so they will never need to wear armor. Right? Mm-hmm. They have armies to do that for Exactly. Them, yeah. Right. Um, they do have a large pool of hit dice. So if you do go up against one, it is still going to be hard to kill them. Uh, and they can run at 40 feet, which is just below a storm giant who we said could run 50 feet. So they're a little bit slower. Again, I feel like that's just because the stride is getting a little bit lower and lower as they get a little bit shorter. Makes sense. I also feel like in my mind, they just walk a little slower. Like, to your point, I feel like yeah. these guys glide. <laughs> yes. You know? Like, I feel like they're they're popping in out a mist anyways mm-hmm. all the time, right? Um, so they do have a heightened insight and perception. In fact, their passive perception is 17. So you can't really sneak up on one of these folks that easily. They're probably going to spot you unless you're amazing. Uh, When it comes to their abilities, um, I feel like they are themed quite well. So they do have a keen sense of smell, which I think suits their passive perception. They're going to sniff you out. Um, Also, I feel like because they are in the clouds, they're on the winds, they can smell something on the winds, right? I feel like that kind of ties into like the whole nonsense. Um, They have spell casting abilities. So as I said mentioned earlier in this episode, these are one of the giants that do have innate magic capabilities. They are going to spend the time to study a little bit more arcane magic than the other giants are. But it does tie quite nicely into the fact that they are cloud air giants. So they have spells such as fog cloud and light as they're kind of like cantrips. Um, And then for their um, at will kind of skills, they've got feather fall, fly, Misty Step, and randomly, Telekinesis, mm-hmm. which I had to take a moment and figure out how that fit. And I was yeah. like, wait a minute, they're tricksters. Like, that, it does fit, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was yeah. like, that works. Mind fuckery. Mind kerfucks. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then finally, they've got Control Weather and Gaseous Form. So that kind of ties into the fact that they can pop in and out of mist, fly around. They don't really have to use their walking speed. They can just bamf wherever they feel like it, yeah. right? For weapons, if you happen to go up against one of these suckers, Cloud Giants do carry a Morning Star, which was the weapon that Ooh. Memnor used, which is why they mirror that within their own activities. Um, and they can swing it twice with a whopping plus 12 to hit, and it does 3d8 damage plus 8. So if you get hit by this Morning Star twice and you are a first level character, you yeah. will die. If you make it through the set, the first hit, you are definitely down on the second. Yeah. <laughs> Or at least just, like, nicely conked out, you know? Yeah. Like, your bell was rung a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, of course, as all giants, they can throw rocks.
1: Yeah. This rock thing, I, like...
0: <laughs> I feel like we need to go into it in a little bit more detail. Maybe in the next episode, I'll break it down a little bit more. But each each giant throws rocks.
1: Yeah. But, like... it is absolutely
0: list as a ranged weapon every time. <laughs> yeah, every time. Uh, and there is something special about their rocks. In, the, in one of the books, it actually tells you what type of rock they throw. So, like, rock throwing is actually very important for these, like, and I feel like it's also a feat of strength, and it doesn't actually just have to be rocks. I was doing some reading that you can, if you're going into battle with one of these as a DM, they can throw a goddamn horse cart at you if they feel like it, (laughs) right? Like, it doesn't have to just be like, oh, I need to find me a rock. It will find the nearest movable object, pick it up, and And whip it at you, like, and which I think is a hilarious Little anecdote.
1: Yeah, and that's also why we probably don't see any proper, at least not yet, um, like serious ranged weapon. It's it's melee weapon and then rocks mm-hmm. because they don't really need anything else that does a fuck ton of damage. No, because they gonna can throw. It. They can throw them rocks yeah. really
0: fuck. Actually, let me see how far they can throw rocks. Rock throw. So it is a ranged sixty or two hundred and forty feet. So with disadvantage, but two hundred forty feet with disadvantage. If you get six, that's still ridiculous. Um, yeah, you
1: could. See See that rock coming and uh, decide to move out of the way, but maybe not. Maybe, <laughs> maybe <laughs> it's coming from behind you, and it can come for several
0: seconds before it hits you. Yeah, and, like, just for instance, like, if a storm giant was to throw a rock, it would be a plus 14 to hit. So, like, <laughs> you can't fucking fail. Uh, with a cloud giant, it's a plus 12 to hit. Yeah. So, you can't fucking fail. <laughs> and then it's 4d10 plus 8. <sighs> yeah. Like, it's, Ouch. It's not... It's not a small amount of damage. I think we overlooked it in the last episode because it's funny and that they just throw rocks. Yeah. But it's an intense amount of, like, damage that you can do with. Mm-hmm. Again, doesn't have to be a rock. Pick up the carriage, throw it at your... Throw it, throw it at them. Yeah. Right? Like, so
1: if you... It's kind of like when um, a pet sees the parent like searching for the like spray bottle or searching for the toy to like throw it because it's getting into something <laughs> it's like <laughs> if you're going up against the giant and you see it looking at the ground for like something to pick up and throw at you it's like
0: ah get we it. are gonna die get out of the way <laughs> and i feel like that's a great thing to know as a dm because like you can actually play that out and be like okay well where's my intelligent characters all right wizard you passively perception notice that the giant is looking for something on the ground yes and then the wizard can Love be like, that. get the fuck 240 <laughs> feet as far away as you can. Yeah. The rocks are coming. Exactly. Because it's like, oh, it's a long ways away. We don't have to worry about it. And then it's like, oh, no. 240 <laughs> feet. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. I know, right? All right. So that's the general cloud giant. Um, but I believe we're going to review the, the uh, smiling one now.
1: Yeah. The smiling one is super beefed up, but the epitome of imitators of Memnor. So, they push the boundaries really, really far mm-hmm. in the trickery and well, essentially, the evil way. So much so that I would say the if, if there's the higher ranked cloud giants, seeing them do this, just like extreme imitation, and they will side-eye being like, oh god, like what are you doing? Yeah. Like, like, it's just obnoxiously too much. But it makes them terrifying. Uh, smiling one, they lean right into the two-face mask thing. They ha- they wear it to basically eliminate their actual facial expression to create more trickery. Mm-hmm. Um, of this two-face mask, one half is in a sly grin, makes sense, and the other half is frowning. So clever symbolism there because, like you had mentioned, they feel like they're... Ac- actually at the top of the ordning like as as opposed to the storm giants the f- frowning half of their mask is also symbolically representing their disdain for that that Ooh, they believe like that. they should be first not second yeah that's their evil side for
0: sure yeah, yeah.
1: okay so you've got your multi-attacks super super high hp like you've talked about um even higher than the storm giant quintessence which you talked about last last episode yeah uh, and really, really strong, and really high perception, high mods on your classic char- charisma-based like stats like deception, insight, perception, sleight of hand, all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I think that's a keen thing to note is that they do have a lot of spells that are charisma-based because mm-hmm. of their trickery, right? Yeah. So these ones do actually have a higher charisma score than more than some other giants for sure.
1: Yeah, and what also makes sense is they're spellcasters, so they do charisma based spells as well. Uh like but uh, are uh, their cantrips as well that they have are more charisma based. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, they also, which I found really interesting and I, I think could be a fun thing to throw at a group as well, is that they can change shape. Yeah. So it's just like an extreme disguise self. They can also use disguise self, which why would you if you can just change your
0: whole, <laughs> whole shape.
1: Um, but what uh, DMs will know, but players won't, is they—it's not like a true polymorph where they take on the abilities and the the like stats of what they polymorph into. Yeah. They just look like something. They could look like something they've already seen—a beast or um, another like creature—but uh, they just look like it. Yeah. So it's a full-on deception. Very very true. Mm-hmm. So super trickster. I think we've covered tricks. Their trickery. Pretty well. Um, They also have this cool ability to do extra damage when they have advantage in an attack. Mm. So, like, leaning into that rogue trickster style, for sure. They're basically rogues. (laughs) Yeah, so imagine (laughs) having to go up against a giant as a rogue, Like, it's just also something you don't typically expect. And, yeah, they're going to sneak up on on you and fuck you up. (laughs) Yeah, mentally, in your brain, mind. (laughs) Yeah, and like you said, this whole telekinetic thing is really, really cool. They have an ability uh, called telekinetic strike, which is... um, Actually, a, one of their ranged spell attacks that they're able to do. Yeah. So it does a hell of a lot of force damage. Like, force damage. The worst damage. Yes. <laughs> um, which is really cool. And one other thing that came up is they highlighted a slam attack that they can do. So, I don't maybe. Well, they're super strong. Um, so... There's this angle too, which basically they can just do a really hefty smashy smash. That's a combination of bludgeoning damage and psychic damage. So bells rung. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, they're pretty badass. I like them a lot.
1: Yeah, very interesting, but yeah, very complex because you got the brute force to manage as a DM and then you have a whole bunch of spell casting and like trickery and different things to do there.
0: Yeah. So
1: yeah, not, not the easiest thing to play,
0: but super cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Some other styles of uh, cloud giants that you might come across are going to be things like giant uh, cloud giant nobles, as well as like or young cloud giants, which um, you really read a little bit about in the Tales of the Yawning Portal, and then the cloud giant youngs will be in like the Storm King's Thunder. So, some of those like playable modules will use some modded stats for some younger youngling styles of cloud giants. So, for instance, the nobles, um, you can find them in the Yawning Portal. Um, and you actually come across them, uh, in the guest chambers while you're, basically it's going to be a noble and his traveling companion. Um, and they're going to be, of course, armed with morning stars and lions as pets. Nice. So I found that like when I was reading into utilizing the smaller, like youngling or whatever other types of cloud giants, they tend to have pets with them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, agreed. So, and I think that that's because they are not normally combatant or aggressive, um, as normal cloud giants. Um, that having these companions will be very, very helpful for them. Yeah,
1: it's like really terrifying bodyguards just in beasts. Exactly, right. Yeah.
0: And then for young cloud giants, um, you can find them within the Storm King's Thunder. Basically, weirdly enough, I don't know if anyone has played Waterdeep. Um, sorry, I played Storm King's Thunder. But basically, as you enter into Waterdeep, a cloud giant, a giant cloud castle appears in the sky. And your team can choose whether or not it goes up to that castle, right? Cool. So obviously there's going to be cloud giants there. Um, The first interaction is usually with the young ones. Um, So, you know, a young age of 35 Mm -hmm. um, coming out and, like, you know, being like, stop there, derp, 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 right? So when it comes to stats, they actually, Wizards actually recommends utilizing the hill giant stat block, uh, which honestly isn't that much different other than, like, their stats are a little bit lowered and Mm -hmm. their health pool is obviously lower. And then it actually says to keep all of their magical capabilities.
1: Okay, yeah. So in my
0: mind, they're not that much weaker than a regular storm or, sorry, cloud giant. Other than the fact that, like, their roles are going to be a little bit lower for saves, X, Y, Z. You might be able to trick them back, like, so right. you might have a little bit of an easier time with them. But the fact that these guys can still use their magical capabilities on you is is still a frightening thing. Like, they're not going to be, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, it's a young cloud giant. And they're like, who cares? Like, yeah. no, you should care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please care. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, talking yeah. about all those uh, stats, Casey, um, out of all of those... Which one would you want to use the most in a campaign? A regular cloud giant? Would you use a smiling giant? Would you use younglings? What would you use?
1: I, to be honest, I have fallen, like, reading even more about uh, cloud giants and uh, the different angles of their capabilities. Uh, I would love to play some piece or lots of pieces of Storm King's Thunder. Yeah. Because I think, wow, it's it's would be super, super interesting because I feel like you need a giant focused campaign to get to the level of actually encountering and potentially trying to beat a smiling one. That's your big
0: boss. Yeah. If you're going to fight it, that's yeah. your big boss. Yeah. Right? So yeah.
1: I think that would be a cool angle to do is run, run a game where that's your big boss that you're trying to lead up to try and beat. Is yeah. like a smiling one. Yeah. Do a big, do a big. Go big or go home, right?
0: I really love leading into like the younglings. Only because again, like I feel like you can actually make friends with them. I feel like you can actually impress them. I feel like Mm -hmm. you can actually have a chance of not being an asshole to one. And then that's your in to the family. True. Right? And now you're good friends with this cloud giant colony or commune. And then all of a sudden the smiling one decides to visit (laughs) to collect taxes or something. I don't know. (laughs) And then like, you're not necessarily going to fight it because you are now within the good graces of this cloud commu- community, Yeah. but now you have the smiling one that's going to be constantly watching you. Yeah. Because it's like, it's almost like game recognizes game. It's like, did you trick this family <laughs> into them liking you? Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like that'd be an awesome role play out to do between a team and like having to make this family become your family. And then now there's the smiling one that's going to be chasing you for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, that's clever. I really like that. Sounds so fucking frightening. (laughs) (laughs) So frightening. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about famous cloud giants.
1: Awesome. Okay, so again, we're leaning into, uh, like, Volos covers the smiling one quite well, and then leaning into Storm King's Thunder and Tales of the Yawning Portal. uh, We have Zephros zephyros i want to say
0: zephyros but that's my internal. Zephros. that's my Zephros. internal that's my internal final fantasy brain right there
1: love it okay
0: <laughs> zephyros Zep- <laughs>
1: anyway zephyros don't, don't don't come at us um okay they <laughs> will we know that <laughs> right so there's a really cool tower of zephyros uh, that I won't dig into a whole bunch, but I think that would be a cool quest to do as well. And so it's all, that's basically his home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, similarly to like the god, like look He is long white hair and beard with a purple robe with gold stars. And he is actually neutral good. So he's one of the good ones. You're not going to go adventure and find him and then really get fucked over. He actually has respect and more interaction with like smaller creatures like humanoids and um, interacts with them a little bit better without all of the fuckery that other cloud giants on the trickery side would.
0: Yeah, absolutely
1: he is not surprisingly then very intelligent and kind of is that has is at the level of a of giant for one being a cloud giant but that extra level of intelligence going huh like are we the baddies like being so trickery
0: (laughs) am i the drama
1: Like, do we have to? Maybe we could be nice to these people, and yeah. So it would be the spin of maybe getting an alliance and getting some protection from a cloud giant. So he he's a pretty cool one too, um, and he carries a really cool staff of the magi versus a morning star. So he switches a little bit from the typicals. Um, and then as we move on, we have. Um, Names. Names. Blogothkus. <laughs> yes.
0: An esclerata. <laughs> that and that. Uh
1: so uh Blagothkus is a noble and Esclerata is their traveling companion yeah um, this is
0: kind of what i was talking about earlier exactly
1: yeah. their kind of story and where you might encounter them is found in tales of the yawning portal and their badass move which we've talked about is pulling the king ezekiel move and they have two lions as bodyguards what is
0: a king ezekiel move
1: <laughs> walking
0: dead come on megan
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> i don't watch the walking dead what's an oh, a, why what's a, what's a killing ezekiel move um king ezekiel was a leader of one of like the the groups in walking dead okay yeah one of the surviving one of the communes yeah yeah and he had he was like one of my favorite leaders but he was just a zookeeper and the pandemic like the pandemic the apocalypse went down we're not talking about our pandemic um when the apocalypse went down in walking dead He ended up, like, saving this tiger. He saved this tiger and and named her Sheba and essentially went into the world. Everybody saw him and adorned him because he had a fuck-off tiger. And so he just became King Ezekiel and (laughs) built a tribe and just rolled with it. And, like, he was not anyone.
0: So he's a tiger king. Yes. (laughs) except way cooler cooler than (laughs) cooler than our pandemics tiger king
1: absolutely yeah but yeah and then just rolled with it and then whenever they needed to um interact and bring other people in they would come meet him in this like theater hall and he would have like the tiger and he'd be petting the tiger yeah. Very,
0: very badass. I love that. Yeah. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> do you like the idea of using some of these, like, pre-storylined giants within your campaign? Would you use them as per they are? Or do you, do you have any ideas of how you would use them otherwise? <clears throat> I think they
1: give a lot of, like, flavor if you're looking for just a... A giant encounter, mm-hmm. it could be a good reference option. I think there's so much you could play with
0: in them, though. Yeah, because me, in yeah. my mind, I would not be creative enough to be like, yeah, this is a cloud giant that has a pet tiger. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like that's an inspiration I would get from reading this, but I wouldn't yeah. use them as is. Like, I would not use the name Blaskus. <laughs> yes. Only because I would not want to say that over and over again. Or I would be mad every time my players ask me what the name of my giant was. I'd be yeah. like, its name is Kyle. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and this is Karen, my side piece. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle and Karen. That's it. We've renamed them. Yeah. Reprint the book. We're done.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, and that's also where I think you could do a lot of fun with DMing is you could, like, like what I just did. I'm like, oh, two pet lions. That's just like Ezekiel. So you could lead into that, switch the lions out for two tigers and just play like a a Walking Dead inspired, like session
0: yeah doing all of that and people who
1: haven't watched walking dead megan come on
0: i've not oh, i've watched like the first two seasons and then that was it yeah it's a long slog it that has was, its
1: ups and downs yeah that was sure. my
0: uh that was my career with the walking dead and i was like this is getting too much for
1: me yeah right. But. but yeah you could lean into that some pe- some players will get it some players won't but it
0: could be a fun thing if you're like a
1: walking dead lover
0: I feel like I use references all the time that Adam doesn't understand, but I find it more entertaining because then he'll take it in a completely different direction I never would have thought of. And I'm just like, oh, that's because you don't know what I'm referencing and you just had to make something else up. Yeah. This is much better. (laughs) I like this and I like this a lot. Well, that being said, like talking about like um, using references and using um, different things from different books or like um, all that kind of stuff. Let's talk a little bit about what it's like to kind of role play or be inspired by cloud giants or giants mm-hmm. in general out of all of these giants that you saw today what is your favorite combat maneuver uh oof. rock throwing rock th- <laughs> <laughs> i mean it cannot go wrong rock- honestly <laughs> do you imagine they're just standing in a desert and there's no rocks anywhere and you're yeah. just like <sighs>
1: <laughs> yeah and and yeah and leaning so heavily into that um terrifying like Two faced aspect where players might not even ever see the face of the enemy that's doing that's throwing rocks, yeah. Um, and just have no idea what's happening behind the mask and just see this whole manipulation, yeah. So it's like,
0: are they good? Are they bad? Like, <gasps> and the, the frightening <laughs> thing to remember about them is they're giant. Mm hmm. This thing is 24 feet tall, wearing a mask and fucking with your mind, yeah. Like, again, some of its spells. I was looking at a couple of its spells. little bit earlier but they're all like illusion they're all very deception based they're all very like oh i just couldn't even imagine coming across one of these already being scared out of my mind because it's giant yeah then all of a sudden it's talking to me in my brain like it has telekinesis for fuck's sake it doesn't even have to (laughs) throw rocks itself yeah It can throw them with its mind (laughs) yeah absolutely oh man a wild angle so fucking frightening. Um, other than combat, uh, if you were to do like an exploration of um, cloud giants, like let's say your team has been bequeathed with um, a journey to go meet a um, a cloud giant. What's a key piece that you think that you would pull so that they would know that they're within the lands of a cloud giant? Oh, absolutely.
1: Walking through, say, a huge, vast rainforest and then coming cro- across like, a big-ass vine that's going up into the sky. Like, lean into that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And then as a DM, hope that they don't just, like, walk by because they roll, like, nat ones on perception. Oh, yes. (laughs) And it's like, okay, fuck, now I have to get them to turn around some way. Oh, no, wait, there's another beanstalk. (laughs) Oh, my God. Please roll better.
0: Oh, I would love it if they came up to, like, not only that, they're walking through this, like, rich rainforest that's just naturally foggy, so they think nothing of it. They see all these vines coming down. They're kind of like, oh, interesting. Like, I wonder if Have to climb to the top of this cliff. They climb to the top of this cliff, and at the top of this cliff is this vast, giant garden. Yeah, full of giant grapes (laughs) and like giant apple trees and giant everything fruits and veggies. And like they've been traveling for weeks, they're starving, and they're just like, "Oh fuck, I'm gonna eat these grapes." Yeah, and then like just, and then all (laughs) of a sudden you hear the the fum of a. Of a giant coming down and being like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Those are my grapes. Like, like it just flicks you. Like, fuck off. Like, get out of here, right? Let me throw a rock at you. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. No, I love the idea of leaning into the runes because all giants believe in rune magic. So I can only imagine that because they tend to either live within the clouds or in small communities across the land, that their places would be guarded by runes. Because yeah, they would not right. want people that aren't cloud giants or giants in general to walk through or putting them up as warning signs. But no one speaks rune. No, <laughs> no, one, no one speaks giant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's one of those things where um, I remember when we talked in the last episode, I didn't realize that runes were tied to giants. I always thought that runes were tied to dwarves or right. other cave dwelling kinds of creatures. I didn't realize that the giants were actually like the owners of that language. So even some of your most veteran players might not even know that. So I think that that's a really good thing to pull in. Yeah, agreed. Um, Any tips and tricks on what it would be like to role play one of these as a DM? (laughs) Oh, man. I
1: probably would suck at doing, like, a specific trickery evil cloud giant. Yeah. Because I would just, like, break hair. I would just have to do it, like... Like more Joker style because Mm. I would laugh a whole bunch by trying to to do that because I'm not evil and trickery in my normal life. So that
0: would be a challenge.
1: But, but I, buy I would use drama
0: masks that you can flip back and forth. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. Like just lean right into it cuz I think that's that's how you get the actual terror of what these guys are to like in, infuse into the group is yeah. leaning into that side. If you're going to
0: play if you're going to bring one of those in like
1: the pure evil ones. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I think that a good thing to remember if you're a new DM and you're wanting to bring cloud giants into your game is that they're not inherently aggressive. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. They are not the fighters of the giants. They have others to fight for them. So they will probably have an intelligent conversation with you as like a, as a player before deciding to kill you, or if you attack them, of course they will attack you, kind of thing. But if I was to be in my DM headspace and I was playing a cloud giant that my team was now rolling up to, I would have to remember as long as they're not being aggressive to me, I don't necessarily am going to be aggressive to them, unless there's something inherently in my backstory that makes me hate the cleric. I don't know. Yeah. Right? So... Or if like, you rock up with a dragon, so, and we talked about how we, I would agree, dragonborn, they would hate. They'd be like, anything lizard folk, they'd be like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. I will kill it with fire. Like. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah, or they would just, like, reach up and snap their finger, and then their horde, like, of protectors would come and just, like, stand behind them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They're their, their, their tigers. will just kind yes. of- <laughs>
0: i creeping out of the vines. <laughs> the cloud giant tiger king. Oh, my fucking God. Mm. His name is Ezekiel. <laughs> 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 All right, Casey, any final thoughts before we wrap up on cloud giants? Uh,
1: absolutely love them. They are complex, though, so do a lot of prep if you're going to integrate them in. But such a cool um, swing with not smashy smash style giants.
0: So yeah. Like it. I agree. Absolutely. Now, I definitely feel like there's these ones require a little bit of reading because they do have more intelligence and more charisma and more, you know, unique play styles that you can utilize because you can go the trickster style, you can go the gardener, you can go the youngling, you can go the tiger king. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want with these ones because they have a lot of different aspects to them. Um, so I think that they're just a whole heck of a lot of fun. And because they live in communities, there are so many reasons why you would put your players there hmm So, it's like, like, because, again, if you're going to go after a storm giant, you're going into a cave. If you're going after a fire giant, you're running into a mountain. But, like, a cloud giant can be anywhere. And, like, there could just be a family sitting in a forest somewhere, and your your group rocks up to it. Right? Yeah. So, I feel like there are a really good, easy one to drop in that aren't inherently aggressive and offer a lot of role-playing options. Yeah. So... Awesome. So that's all for this giant summer special episode on Cloud Giants. Stay tuned next week when Casey and I get our heads out of the clouds and discuss the giants who have the most in common with dwarves.
1: Mm. Thanks for listening to this episode of It's a Mimic. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com. And if you'd like to discuss what you've heard here today, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and at r slash itsamimic. For other episodes on other kinds of monsters, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. Amazing.
0: You did it! All right, we're on. Technically, we don't have to talk about the wine right away, but we can just drink it right now. <laughs> that's true. Even though we wanted the crack sound, but that's too bad. I just really need a drink right yeah, now. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I hope it is good. Oh, I'm sure it's delicious, Casey.
1: The only wine that I would have already had is Inferno, and we didn't get to
0: have it. bitches. So so at least we had them. to get more creative as a result. <laughs> Welcome to the second episode of our conversation on Giants in Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. I'm Megan, and joining me for this series is the ever ethereal Casey. And this episode is going to look at a few interesting details of giant life, and also break down one of the most popular kinds of giants. Get the fuck out of here, Siri. In case you do a little bit more reading on that what do you got what do i got oh, memnor um chief deity deity
1: Di- deity um, deity do i don't know three different ways <laughs> what do you say diety? deity deity <laughs> <laughs> shit son of a bitch <laughs> What did you say? Oh.
0: <laughs> Deity. Deity.
1: De- See, I'm just going to have to phonetically put it in my notes that way so I can figure it out. I have
0: phonetic things in brackets, but never the words that are important. No, of
1: course. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.